0: Hey, it's me, Frankie. Don't, don't mind that noise. It's work-related noise from work that I've been doing that is 100% related to the work that I get paid to do. Don't worry about it. So we got pulled into an investigation who murdered Janison's dad, who is also called Janison. How very suspicious. Using my master detective skills, I was almost a detective, you know, I have drawn up a list of suspects the top of the list, me, I'm very smart. I might have done it, but then there's that respectable reporter. He's super sus. Other suspects are Karen's friend Barb from accounts, uh, that Steven Charity fella from the board, that very hot foreign lady, Darlene from the front desk, and me again, we're putting all the clues together, and we're getting closer by the minute so close I could almost taste it. Just like that punch. Hmm. I wonder if I could get more of that punch. That'll help me get to the bottom of this.
1: to the terrible adventures of the janice and breakfast parchment company my name is pd and i am your dm for the day uh, well actually i'm just always DM. No, no. um, and if, i think if i had to dispose of a body i would like bury it under the foundations of a house mm. i think i'd like crawl you know underneath the crawl space under the house dig down there and put it under there because it's pretty i i don't i don't see anyone getting under there to like you know, dig it up. So yeah,
2: that's how I would
0: do it. My name is Stephanie, and I play Frankie. Um, and if I, th- I think if I was to uh, dispose of a body, I would chop it up, put it in a barrel, not use acid so the acid doesn't eat through the barrel, but use like lime or something, and then bury it under like, you know, where they're like building houses and stuff just yeah. before they lay the foundation, like bury it there. Nice. Not that I've been <laughs> thinking about this a lot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, not at all. Um, hi, I'm Poppy, I play Idafer. And if I were to uh, dispose of a body, it would be very much the Breaking Bad method of just chucking them in a barrel of acid. Mm. Cause as soon as I saw that on Breaking Bad, I was like, damn, that's a good idea.
1: <laughs> You're not going to put them in the bathtub?
3: Nah, nah, that was a bad idea. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hi, I'm Nathan, I play Flinva, the Halfling Bard. If I had to dispose of a body, I've, I've got two ways. So I've got the convoluted, like, let's spend some time on this way which would be I would hide them in a morgue as an unclaimed body and fill out all the paperwork for them and make it like legit as possible. And the other way would be I would bury them in like an old uh, refuge spot like um, in Huntley we've got the old bit that's full of like methane gas and everything's kind of mm-hmm. yuck anyway if you dig down enough so it's kind of like old refuge smelling and gas and people are like oh we can't dig that up with yep. a dicker because we'll
3: explode then. Note to self-check Huntley.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm Liz and I play your favourite dwarf barbarian Karen and I'm gonna go with the classic way to hide a body because I live pretty close to a pick farm And those suckers will eat anything. (laughs) Even the teeth. (laughs) Even the teeth.
1: So if you leave our show a bad review, just beware, we're prepared for bats.
5: (laughs) (laughs) For legal reasons, this is a joke.
1: (laughs) So you guys are in the middle of an investigation of a murder. We'll pick up with uh, Flinvar, Frankie and Idafer. Who are currently attempting to question uh, a fairly drunk Chestine who has gone from pie drunk to depressed drunk in the amount of time that you have been interviewing other <laughs> <with> people. Aww. <laughs> it just, I just. He was a good boss, I loved him so much. <laughs>
4: loved him? Over the years, what would you say were your favourite moments of your uh, interactions together, Chestine? Just well, just to there was, the, there was the
1: time that we drank champagne uh, and there was when he promoted me to the head of the factory mm-hmm. and we drank champagne and, and then there was the, the other... We would drink a lot. He was a party, he was a party
0: boss. Were you at the uh, Christmas party? The Christmas party? Which Christmas party? You know the Christmas one. Party. You know which Christmas party when things went down. There was a, an incident at a Christmas party, was it six years ago? Three years ago. Three right. years ago. Still slightly tipsy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was there.
1: Do you know what happened there? To be honest, I was eating, I was eating uh, alcohol-soaked cherries, uh, and at one point, everyone just got really upset and oh. sent everyone home, mm-hmm. except for, you know. Like, a few people stayed behind, like Steven and, and Judson and one of the guards who showed up. There was a war porch there. There's some other people. I think a couple of the Goliaths were there too.
0: I'm going to have to smell your hands. Why?
1: For evidence.
0: Yeah, go okay, ahead, go nuts. <clears throat> uh, roll
1: me a smell-based perception check with disadvantage because you're still <laughs>
2: drunk. <laughs>
1: Fourteen. She smells like cinnamon, oh, she's probably cool. been eating some of the, some of the cinnamon candies. <laughs> you don't pick up the smell that you're looking for. Um, a little bit salty, you think that she's been, you've been wiping in a lot of tears. Oh. <laughs> you smell tears and cinnamon.
0: Frankie smells just a little bit too long because he likes to smell the cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, it smells nice. After about 12
1: seconds of sniffing, she's like, okay, I think that's enough. Oh, uh,
3: yeah, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Frankie so goes. at that party a while ago, there wasn't like a young girl or anything?
1: Oh, you know, it's so long ago. It's, I think so. People used to bring their kids to the Christmas parties. Oh. Uh, Honestly, like, I have a little bit of a problem with getting drunk at work parties, and I was just, I got sent home, you know, when you're hanging out by the snack table and just eating all of the alcohol cherries and then suddenly the party's over and everyone gets sent home. It's kind of a bummer. I actually, I think I took some of the Goliaths out partying after that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we did. Yeah, we went out to the club district. That was nice. That sounds fun. I've never been. Oh, I'll yeah, so take I'm you fine. sometime, honey. Don't
0: worry.
1: <laughs> Don't worry. We'll, no. we'll go.
4: Are you next time? How old are
0: you?
4: 21. Uh, yeah, we'll go. We'll go to the club district sometime. It's <laughs> gonna be so fun. <laughs> got a view. I'm um, just saying, we've got to ask everyone this, but do you think you could think of anyone who might have something in for Janet and Senior? Oh, uh.
1: I mean he is rich and pushy and I think you know like I liked him but like he was always nice to me so I think maybe anyone who he decided that he was pushy with maybe would have a grudge against him I know that he and his son have like a fairly rocky relationship because you know he took over from (laughs) the old boss and like changed things around Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry this is I need to like, I'm just gonna lie down and she like hops out of the <laughs> chair and like just like <laughs> lies on her side in front of you guys on the floor and it's like, oh does anybody have any water? Give <laughs> punch, maybe get you sick of
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there like a water cooler around? Uh yeah well there's a few
1: watercolors and you know in the okay,
3: office. I'm just gonna run off and grab her a glass of water, a cup of water. As you exit
1: uh conference room B you hear more than just a regular murmur from coming from conference room A where everyone is waiting and there's actually a fair amount of like, noise and like shouting and arguing coming from in there mm-hmm. um, and as you come back with the water you see Cassie come out of the conference room looking fairly worried and she's like oh uh there's some there's some problems going in there uh there's a small kerfuffle breaking out in the conference room and I wonder if maybe you guys might want to do something about that because people
3: are getting really upset. I shove the glass or the cup of water into Cassie's hand. I'm like, Cassie, go give this to the woman on the floor. I'll deal with this. Okay. (laughs) So I open the door and what do I say? People
1: are uh, shouting, arguing. There's a couple of people who are like trying to calm everybody down. Um, Like nobody in particular, like Raitar is one of the people who's like, hey, hey, you know, let's, Let's chill, but everyone seems to be really upset and they notice you come in and they're like, hey, have you found out who did it yet? We're, we don't wanna be in here anymore. You you made us sit in this room. You're making us sit in here with a murderer and we don't know who it is and we we wanna go home. It's kind of evident from the amount of bottles and stuff on the ground, that like people are getting drunk and rowdy uh. and starting to get real upset about this. Uh. You two, Cassie comes in and like, uh, fills you in on what's going on next door and kind of asks for your help um, and you now that both of the doors are open you can actually hear like a lot of the, a lot of the um, upset crowd from the other room and people are starting to really get angry at you out of the
3: oh okay so i don't I'll, like thought you know his big boy he can handle it he can't there's a lot of people yelling at them. Yeah,
0: and
1: and, <laughs> and these are these are people that you work with, and you know some of them are getting really angry, and you're like, why is
3: a janitor allowed to keep yeah. us locked in here? What's going on? This is where's Janderson? I'm just gonna go up. Oh, sorry, went into the wrong room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, you guys come in? I come in here. Um, I
3: come in here. I pull up my pants, and I'm like, okay, listen up,
0: all of you. Somebody died. The murderer is still here. No one's leaving until we find it. And if anybody starts making the koflepple, I'll assume that they are the murderer, and they will be dealt with swiftly. Um, people start throwing bottles. I <laughs> Thank can you, uh, uh, you, uh, you, uh, you throw <laughs> me a quick victory? <laughs> Safe, uh, Dex. It is a fifteen.
1: Yeah, so you dodge like a full-on champagne bottle <laughs> that like, someone threw at your head, and you're like, whoa, and it like flings past you. And people are like, let us out of here. We want to go home. We don't want to be trapped in here with a
4: murderer.
1: Oh, well, wrong room. Oh
4: god. Okay, can I roll performance? Yeah, you want to yeah. roll performance? What are you trying to? Do? Um. So I'm gonna give a rousing. <laughs> well, I'm gonna try and calm the situation down. Um, and reassure them. Okay, um, you know that I'm going to
1: make you role-play yes. whatever you're going to say, right? Sure. <laughs> so give it a give it a good jam. I promise you <laughs> I won't penalise you for like, using the wrong words I think normally do. Have a good go. <laughs> what did you roll?
4: So that's a 17 with my performance. Damn! Yeah. yeah, I put what? a lot on performance. <laughs> okay. okay, so I take stock of like who's like where. Okay. Um, and so I kind of like open up my arms and be like, hey, 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 folks, come on. This has been An amazing night that's turned into a a terrible night But, you know, we're a family And we're sorting out our family business Because you know what's worse than sorting out your family business yourselves?
1: Being trapped in a room with a murderer!
4: Having rival companies find out and then buying out your stock really cheap because we have no jobs We like our (laughs) jobs I like our jobs too, and I like all of you We've had some moments over the coffee stations We've shared water cooler jokes We've shared commissions, pointing to Ryder. You know, and this is tough. We came here to celebrate together, have a big surprise, have some yum food, amazing dwarf cheese, right? Some kind of weird punch, mm, some champagne. Um, But it didn't turn out how we wanted to. But what we do in the next moments is what brings us forward as a company. So we can tear each other apart. We can... You know, you're more than welcome to try and storm out, but there are guards that are going to be wondering why you all wanted to leave a murder scene really quickly, right? And that's what we're trying to mitigate. Keep our company safe. Keep you guys safe. And little tiny Janison has just lost his daddy, right? Imagine if that was you guys who lost your daddy to a murder at a welcome back party. So. We're nearly there. We've done some couple of like, we're sussing out timelines where everyone is. People have been really helpful. We're really appreciative of the people that we spoke to. We've got a couple of people more to speak to. We're nearly there. You guys have got this. And we're gonna bring in the food platter because it was definitely not poison
1: wouldn't have said it better myself. And from behind you, um, Janice and Brooke, Virginia Jr. And, and Bolo enter uh, and they've clearly been listening to your speech. Um, and they come in and Janice and Jr. pats you on the back and said, Oh, Flynn, that was, a, that was a very good speech. I do apologize to everyone for everyone being stuck in here. I'm sure this wasn't what you expected from a work party. Uh, but it's just be a little longer, I'm sure Flynn, and Frankie and, and Ida Fleur are almost there, and then you guys have probably figured out who did it by now, right? And during this moment of silence, Karen enters uh, from behind everybody.
5: Karen arrives at the door. She is panting slightly, and she's holding a hairpin loosely in her hand. But you pulled it off. <laughs> she, had, she had the previous one. Oh, okay. Um, her hair is ruffled and she has a wild look in her eyes. And she says, I have news for all of you. The good news is, I know who the murderer is.
1: There's a murmur of excitement and approval a little bit of fear from the crowd.
5: The bad news is, Stephen is dead.
1: There's, there's a lot of shock coming from the river. It's like,
5: oh my
4: gosh, oh my gosh. And like, how do you guys react to that, to that uh-huh. news? Some of us like, <gasps> And then he pans to the crowd. And can I do an investigation to see everyone else's reaction? Like to see yeah, if anyone' be perception. Oh, perception. Yeah.
1: Tim yeah. From the notable characters, Cassie seems surprised that there was another murder. Briskin is probably not listening. Like his eyes are closed. He's <laughs> speed up. Radar is really shocked by that he's like oh my gosh the, the, the guy from the board is dead there's more murders but, bob. but like no you don't pick up like any guilty body language from oh. anyone
4: in the room is bob in
1: yes. there
5: karen says everybody i need you to quiet down i'm going to blow this whole thing wide open and she starts pacing and she says the Janison and Griffiths parchment company is a pillar of your mere city we are proud Yamirsa business, and she gestures to everybody in the room. And she says, this is who we are. She says, we fended off hostile takeovers for years, and we refuse to bow to anyone or anything. Even when our boss is murdered, even when our manager is murdered, we will not allow our company to be taken over by anyone. And then she spins and she points the pin directly at the Countess, and she says, especially someone from TOF
1: do me need a dexterity check.
5: Absolutely. That's a seven. No,
1: cool. (laughs) The Countess, like, blinks at this, like, point. She doesn't seem fearful. She's Mm. like, oh, okay, cool, all right, interesting. (laughs) But she doesn't say anything.
5: Yeah, she's (laughs) just looking at you. And uh, Countess says, oh, yes, Countess, you thought you were so clever, weren't you? You thought you were going to get away with it. But the innocent act doesn't fool me. A young and beautiful woman. Sailing around the world with a scumbag old man. Oh. Just there for his money and his power and his will and his assets and his dividends. How are the rest
1: of you reacting to Karen coming in and making an accusation?
3: I'm like, yes, <laughs> spill the tea. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking through to see, let me just,
0: can I just roll like some sort of would it be intelligence to see mm. if she's actually like... Bluffing? Yeah, mm, to see if it's like a bluff inside. Yeah. Uh, uh, Can I do that too?
3: Yeah, anyone who wants to do roll inside. Like, because yeah. I'm like,
0: oh. <laughs> that's a four. Hey,
3: Natural 20. 13.
1: The rest of you guys, like, you two are surprised that parents come in and just like, you know, throwing down accusations about talking first. Mm. Um, I know for some reason, ah. Like, this this isn't like Karen at all. She's much more of a team player. This is strange.
5: And uh, panting slightly, she continues and she says, oh, yes, you knew that he had a stake in the company. You knew that he had a controlling share and you wanted it. You wanted this parchment company to become Toff's parchment company.
1: <laughs> and she and- smiles and she's like,
5: I am the Countess of the north, East north sector of Toth. I do not
1: need paper company. I have my own riches. I have my own towns that I live in.
5: And What do I need this for? This is how you people work, isn't it? You take over. You are sneaky. You're all the same. <sighs> There's no way someone like you would ever be interested in someone like Janderson Sr. I... spits it out. <laughs> I'm gonna um, just
3: grab Karen and be like, okay, calm down, calm down, pull her out of the room because it feels a bit, I'm not I'm not sure about this. And also you have been a bit racist. <laughs> um,
1: uh, just roll me up a quick dexterity
5: check. Absolutely. Uh, that's an eight. Okay, uh,
1: so you pull Karen out of the room. So as you do, the crowd is starting to turn and like steer either like angrily or fearfully at the Countess and like, she's she's still like not, her body language is not like frightened, but she is kind of like backing up towards the like door to the balcony a little bit, just cause like the crowd's starting to turn on her and she's a little bit like, okay. So yeah, okay, so you pull Karen mm. out of the room into the into the bullpen.
3: I get down on my knee, I'm like, Karen, what did you actually find? Oh. <sighs> I found the smoking
5: gun, darling. I found the smoking gun. You see this pin? I, I shove the pin out of the way and go, Karen, <laughs> there's something up here. The other one was in Steven's skull. Yes. She did it. She's the only one who could have done. Is she? Yes. She's the one who has these pins. She's the one who wanted the power. She's the one who's been hanging out with Janderson Senior all this time. <sighs> There's, there's no one else. Who else? Is it worth rolling inside again?
3: Yeah. 10.
1: Maybe Karen's just been thrown off by the fact that she's seemed to have found another dead body. Okay. She's definitely off, but like, it literally this might be the situation, um, something mm-hmm. strange. But, okay. but she did just find another dead body and she's very stressed out.
5: Mm. You have to call the guard. You have to call the guard. It's the only way. She's, She can't stay here.
1: Jensen Jr. uh, comes out of the room and says,
5: Karen, are you sure? Yes. All right, we'll
3: call the guard. Wait, wait, wait. What evidence have we actually got that the
5: Countess did this? We've got the pins. We've got her motives. We've got her activity. Frankie would like to just interject,
0: pretty sure she was uh, in the room the whole time. So
5: how could she have done it? Well. We, didn't we pull her out of the room for an interview? She could've snuck away and... Yeah, listen, takes another swig. (laughs) Big boy Frankie.
0: I think it wasn't her, because of reasons I have not yet made or know of, but listen, I think there's other people missing. I don't
5: think she killed him.
0: And he's completely lost his train of thought.
5: And I think we should let the guards decide. None of us good folk here in Ymir would possibly ever do something like this. So who's left? The foreigner? The stranger? Maybe somebody
0: who had something to prove or wanted revenge. Maybe somebody like Barb? (laughs) Or me. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Oh, Frankie, I think you're getting ahead of yourself there. Um, But actually, he's got a point. Where is
5: Barb? Well, I don't know. She's probably doing something very important. Like murdering somebody else? (laughs) (laughs) You, you, we all, we all interviewed her. She was fine. She said that there was a cigar and... Then he dropped dead, and she didn't see what happened.
4: But there wasn't a cigar. I'm gonna assume that stepped stepped out because otherwise was like just standing in the room with.
5: Well, well, well whatever. It come
0: out.
4: You can interject you can yeah. if you
0: want. Like, yeah. Like for,
4: Frankie's talking, he's come out of the room. No, oh,
0: I, yeah. I came out
4: when people okay. like yeah. started throwing. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> wrong room. Yeah. yeah, I want to interject and be like, Karen, I don't think there was a, a cigar, a second cigar. Well, what, what, whatever it was, it's probably some. I think he was killed by magic.
5: It's probably it some kind
4: of arcane magic from Toph. And who had a sketch of a magic activating item in the desk? Uh,
3: uh, I, I don't know. And who was there at the Christmas party last time?
4: And whose hands smelt strongly of cheese? Whose <laughs> Who had <laughs> a really young daughter Sorry. <laughs> that they would need to protect if something happened at a frisky party uh, and who has been sent away since? I, I
5: there's, there's just no way. Barb wouldn't do something like that. She's a, she's a strong, proud, dwarf, who is... Anyway, Janison, Janison, the guards, we need them here right now. She's going, something's going to happen to her before she she can, we can't let her escape justice.
1: Karen, you, your, your friends don't seem convinced. Are you, are you sure I trust you? Yes. Okay, we'll call the guards. And Javison, uh, Jr. heads off to his office, um, where you can assume there's some kind of guard calling. <laughs> you um, can
5: I you want a check? Absolutely. <clears throat> <laughs> That's a three. Okay. Yeah. Um, inside the room,
1: you can hear the crowd you can hear the crowd begin to really turn on the countess. And yeah, like, yeah, we'll throw you the guards. And she's like, kind of like up against the sort of glass door. And and even even in this moment, mm. like you would think that she would be more frightened, but mm. she's just kind of like, oh no, not the so guards. <laughs> but like no one seems like they really want to like walk towards her. Mm. But she's definitely like been ostracized from the crowd right now. Freskin is like oddly like not part of the mob but like is now awake and like kind of like observing the crowd in a way that you haven't seen him do before he's like this is interesting
0: oh yeah um, so do we all see that
3: uh, whoever's
1: looking into the whoever's looking into the conference room
3: i'm pretty keen to knit my head in and see how the countess is doing because i'm still very attracted at to this woman. okay um <laughs> and i'm like Perfect. I don't think she killed him, and this is my time to act like a hero. Yeah! And Frankie's whispering in my ear, which is really sweet. Do that. Go, go,
0: go, rescue her.
3: Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna jump in front of the crowd and go, "No, it wasn't the Countess." How do you know? She, Karen said it was her. She murdered Stephen Charity. Yes. Well, uh, and then I grab the Countess and run her out of the room.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't. These, the, the crowd is too thick. Like you could make your way through the crowd when you get it in, but they're not letting her out.
3: Dang, okay, hmm. Um, Somebody take her to meet the guards outside.
0: Oh uh, so yeah, sorry, I,
3: uh, I was a little flustered. Um, I'm actually taking her to the guards, get out of the way.
1: The crowd is mostly like, hey, so we'll, we're not letting her out of this room. If we all had to sit in here with her, then she can stay here. This is Bryce Howard talking, he's like, when the guards arrive, we'll let her out with them.
5: Karen walks in through the doors and says, yes, don't let her leave. We can't trust her anywhere or with anything or with anyone. <laughs> I just And she and she looks at she looks at Idafer and there's just fury. <laughs> Roll me another <laughs> two <through> serious check. Absolutely. <laughs> so I've already got rage. <laughs> uh, that is a 16.
1: Karen, you manage to um, get the blindfold off your eyes mm. um, and you find yourself uh, sitting in the dark with your hands <laughs> high. And uh, after a few moments of struggling you managed to uh, free one of your hands mm. and uh, when you you, you, you realise that you're in Stephen Cherry's closet. <laughs> yeah.
5: Alright I will um, open the door just a crack and peep out to see if anything is, if anybody is still there or if
1: the room's empty.
5: I'll open the door slowly and uh, creep out of the room heading down towards where all the noises are
1: you feel woozy mm. um, you feel like your mm-hmm. body's kind of tingly and your memory of what happens after you discover Stephen Charity's uh, body begins to return to you mm. and you feel sick to your stomach um, when you remember uh, exactly who came in while you were staring at the body um and what they did to you. Mm. Um, as you get closer to Conference Room A, you can hear shouting angry riots, um, and you walk in to Conference Room A and you find <laughs> Idafer and the Countess um, surrounded by an angry crowd backed up against the door to the balcony and yourself <laughs> leading the mob.
5: I'm going to say <laughs> just wait. <laughs> Karen, Karen takes a deep breath and she says, "Stop. Wait."
3: The
1: crowd, the crowd turns to you, and everyone is suddenly very confused by the second Karen who has walked into the room. Uh, K-
5: Karen? Yes. I, I am, I am Karen. Uh,
1: the first Karen who says, like, turns around and says,
5: "No, this is some kind of imposter. I don't." Oh, oh,
0: shut sucker.
4: up! <laughs> points at um, the Karen that was leading them and says, "Tell me the backstory about your handbag." And she's like, <laughs>
5: <laughs> "Yeah." The first Karen looks confused and says, it, "It, it was, it, it doesn't matter. It was a, it was a gift. It doesn't matter from from my daughter." It. It does matter. I. Oh well. D- yes, it's a very nice bag, but I don't see what that has to do with this imposter. And as the second Karen walks through the crown, she says, It was not a gift from my daughter. It was a gift from my son. And the strap was fixed in the heart of a war forged. Ha! Karen, Karen! And I like point,
4: point, point to the actual Karen.
3: Yep. Great reaction there, Flynn. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of murmurs as everyone's really confused. And, and then suddenly um, everyone's like, Well, if you're Karen, then who's that?
5: Oh. And she gets up to the first Karen, she puts her, her hands shakily on an identical shoulder and she says, Barb, what have you done?
0: I knew it! I knew it too. <laughs> pipes
5: up. And uh, she tightens her grip on um, the fake Karen shoulder and she socks her in the stomach with oh. the ring of the ram. Oh, yeah! <laughs> uh, roll
1: me an attack roll.
5: Absolutely. <laughs> That is a 17 to hit.
1: Okay. Um, what is the effect of the Ring of the Ring?
5: So the successful punch deals 2d12 damage, <laughs> and the target is knocked back in feet equal to the dice roll, okay. <laughs> half distance for every size over large. Okay. So she's
1: not. She's not large. Okay. So roll me the damage. Okay. And you tell me how far you push her back.
5: That is 14 damage so she'll get knocked back 14 feet
1: okay everyone is staring as the two karens um, come together Uh, one of them is uh spluttering and blustering and trying to get her way out of this and then the other karen uh just walks up puts a hand on her shoulder and just punches her in the gut and just sends her flying she flies back um, into the countess and then both of them tumble out of the uh, out of the door to the balcony <laughs>
4: together.
3: Oh my god.
4: <laughs> Bob's using magic, that's illegal. So just quickly, is <laughs> Bob
3: like, did you use some kind of magic to look exactly like Karen? Oh, okay, so she's not dressed up as Karen. Liz knows what happened.
5: Okay. Karen, the real Karen, uh, watches them both tumble out onto the balcony and she springs into action and she runs out and holds down the fake Karen, whose uh, illusion is disappearing. As you come
1: out the door, mm. you are correct, now the other Karen now looks like Bob again. But as you come out, Bob is now, uh, has an arm around the Countess's neck, oh. and in one hand is holding a blue glowing coin, and the other hand is holding a um, strange uh, piece of parchment that has um, glowing text on it. And she says, hold it right there. Uh, this is, he deserved it. I'm not going down for this.
5: I'll, I'll kill this one if I have to. Bob, Bob, uh, darling, it's, it's. Tell us the story, Bob. P- please, help me understand.
1: You, the four of you kind of squeeze out onto the balcony. The Countess is on her knees and Bob has a, an arm around the Countess's neck. And she's standing, basically, back to the edge of the balcony, and she says, Janison Sr. was a scumbag. He, he tried to attack my daughter, and, and everyone covered it up. She was scarred, and she went to live with her father, and i I lost her. And you didn't, you did nothing.
5: Bob, I didn't. I didn't even know. I wasn't even at the party. He deserved
1: it. The scumbag. She wasn't... She wasn't ready. I just brought her to the party because I thought she would have fun. I thought she would see the... The place that we had built. And I lost her. And Stephen? He knew too much. He had to go. He... He drowned Janison Senior in the punch. I used a... I used magic to hold him and Stephen killed him. Oh! But this was... (sighs) You
3: don't understand.
4: So Stephen murdered
3: Jennison. Okay, yeah, so this probably isn't the time for (laughs) (laughs) But,
5: but, but Barb, this isn't... this isn't worth it. You're supposed to be seeing your daughter in a week.
1: (sighs) If it was your kids, you would understand.
5: Come on, come on, Barb. This is, you can't, you can't do this again. And I'm imagining that on the balcony next door, um, Fabian is like furiously scribbling oh, down. <laughs> it's kind of
1: like around the corner. So it's on the corner of the <laughs> building, so the, ba- the balcony to uh, conference room B would be just out of sight. Sure. Yeah, I imagine that he's probably listening to that's going on and like furiously scribbling down.
5: We can fix this. Stephen killed Janderson Senior, and then. Uh, Driven by guilt, he he killed himself. We can we can fix this. You can still see your daughter, but we can't look Man, at the people.
4: Oh, l-
5: <laughs> l- look, look at all the people, Barb. There's so many people here. Ida,
3: while well, um Barb and Karen are having this moment. Barb is obviously busy, so Ida is going to use Mage Hand to try and oh, which one's going to be most important to get rid of. Probably the, it's Electrum that she's holding, isn't it? She's holding the Electrum
1: and a strange scroll with golden text on
3: it. Okay, I'm gonna try and remove the Electrum, because I feel like that's probably the catalyst for this, right? It's
1: pretty smart. You have uh, a rogue ability called Mage Hands.
3: L- L- Legger Domain.
1: <laughs> you have <laughs> a ability called Mage Hand Legger Domain, which lets you, uh, gives you extra Mage Hand abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Including the ability to do it invisible.
5: Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
1: And you can roll a sleight of hand check contested by Barb's
3: Perception. Mm.
5: So you're going to attempt
1: to steal the electric piece, knock it out of her hands. do what?
3: There wouldn't be a higher chance on either one, would there, like if I just hit it hard.
1: Tell me what you want to do and I'll tell you.
3: Okay, so no, ideally I would like
5: to take the piece. Okay, uh, roll me a sleight of hand check
1: and I'll contest with Barb's Perception.
5: Come on. I And helping because Karen is currently talking to Bob. So, yeah, we
1: have advantage.
5: That's much better. (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: an unnatural twinning. Nice. Nice.
1: So, this moment of really tense, uh, like a standoff, with Bob has a hostage um, and she's holding an electron piece, and you guys all know that, like, (laughs) she's somehow using magic, even though she probably doesn't know naturally how to do it, so it has not something to do with the paper. She uh is really tense and then all of you see um in a in a strange moment the electron piece suddenly like yank upwards out of her hand <laughs> and you look around and you realize that Ida first got like a weird like concentration face on her this is, like, <laughs> this is one of his first times really like using his hand and he's like kind of like okay telekinesis go
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah and Bob suddenly very frightened and she's Uh, and she drops the parchment as the countess just stands up. (laughs) (laughs) I love the countess. Barb's arm is still like wrapped around the countess and the countess like stands up as though she weighs nothing. (laughs) And the countess suddenly uh, is like, well, I'm really tired of this. And
2: uh,
1: she (laughs) dropped the accent. Yeah, I was gonna um, say. She just goes, goodbye. And she leans backwards, and her and Barb fall off the, the balcony behind her.
5: <gasps> you just fell up the balcony. What? Uh, yeah, I run. I run to the edge of the balcony and look over.
4: Yes. Yeah
5: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I um,
4: I pick up the parchment and pocket it just quickly.
3: Okay. Do you examine it first? No. I don't took the electrum from herself. Yeah, you've, you've
1: got it. Okay, so you can add one electrum to your inventory. Yeah. Nice. So the rest of you who ran <laughs> to the edge of the balcony, you see the Countess and Barb. Uh, fall uh, three stories and the countess lands gracefully on her feet and heels with seemingly <sighs> no repercussions she and Barb died. just hits
4: <laughs>
3: the pain. <pit>. Oh! <laughs> oh my god
4: Karen! <laughs> just looking at her in shock like the fuck?
1: She is not moving and the countess uh, picks her up and walks into the factory, which like the, the door of the factory is really nearby, I just kind of picks her up and just walks into the factory and into the side of her.
5: Karen uh, spins on her heels, uh, she, her face is pale, she is shaking and she uh, begins to run out of the door and she doesn't say anything to anyone but you think she might be heading towards the factory.
0: Yeah, Frank will be down there too. I follow and I'm like, where'd her accent go? <laughs> <laughs> Um, are you going to?
3: Yeah, but I'm just kind of taking a rest for a bit because I was pretty heavy on the old noggin. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, soon after I followed them out.
1: Okay. of you run down, you know, three flights of stairs to the main entrance uh, and you burst out the main doors uh, and you run sort of around the corner into the factory after mm-hmm. where you saw the counties go and, and Karen, you're in the front and you can hear uh, Bob screaming um, mm. for help. Um, And she said, Karen, help me! Mm -hmm. Uh, And you enter the factory and you can see the Countess holding Barb up against some of the machinery um, with one hand as though she weighs nothing Mm -hmm. and taunting her. Uh, You know, she's using, she's digging her fingernails into like grabbing a, a broken knee and just like playing with it and there is something very, very wrong going on here with the Countess and Barb.
5: Oh my god, uh, yeah, Karen skids to a halt about, I'm gonna say about 20, 30 feet away, and she says, it's time to stop, Countess.
1: The Countess drops Barb and turns to you and says, whatever do you mean? Hmm? Oh, sorry,
5: whatever do you mean? <laughs> She doesn't deserve this.
1: She she, she did both. That wasn't me creating myself. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. yeah, yeah. She 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 doesn't deserve this. Please. I don't
1: know, Karen. She tried to throw me under the bus, and I haven't killed anyone today. Uh,
5: I think there's been enough death. Please. The guards are on their way. She's going to be arrested. We don't need to make this any worse than it already is. Are any
3: of you going to uh,
5: say or do anything? Yeah, I feel like just
3: at this point, Ida skids into the factory like, wait, <laughs> um, what's happening? <laughs>
1: so you, you can see Barb, very injured, lying at the Countess' feet. Uh, Karen, about 25 feet mm. away, just like arm out, just trying to negotiate with her. Uh, Frankie and Flynn, you guys enter uh, just a few seconds later into this situation, and the Countess kind of smiles and walks forward on her uh, beautiful heels and the four of you kind of like converge in one area and she's like, I'm bored. <laughs> this whole situation was supposed to be a night off for me and yet here we are,
4: drama and all. I would love to hear your story.
3: <laughs> Just wondering, is the fa- are the machines going? like? No, she no. was just kind of like
1: holding her up against mm. the machine. Oh, okay. Without the Goliaths there to like power the conveyor belts, they oh, tend yeah. to. There's no electricity, so like you have to turn them on and they need to be operated. Sweet.
3: Okay. Oh, please don't kill her. You're, you're too hot to kill anyone.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and she looks at you on wings and she's like, darling, you have no idea. <laughs> oh.
3: And Ido melts a little bit. <laughs>
1: Bob is moaning about 10 feet behind and she's like, well, are you all going to leave me to finish my prey, or are we going to have
0: fisticuffs?
5: Let's just calm down. Let's just, let's just talk. We we want to know, like Flynnvar said, we want to know your side of the story. Please, Countess.
1: Roll me for a persuasion Jake.
5: Okay. Oh, that's an eight. (laughs) Um, She smiles and she says, Oh, I
1: suppose since you're going to be dead in a minute, there's really no harm in telling you. My name is the assassin. And I am one of the six holy servants. And let's see what you have got. And as she says this, black ink begins spilling out of her eyes, and out of her ears, and out of her nose and mouth, and just like spreading across her body and covering her with nightmarish inky armor and two disgusting like inky horns grow out of her head and spread around and end up touching each other at the front in a devilish horn-like halo and skeletal wings begin to extend from the shoulder blades of her back and for just a moment a nightmarish, demonic skull that's projected <clears throat> in front of her face, and I need all of you to roll uh,
4: wisdom saves. Ooh. Can Flinba um, turn to Idafa and be like, still minor attractive?
0: <laughs> Surprisingly, yes. <laughs> oh my god! I got 20. Nice.
4: That is a six. I
5: got
0: a
3: twenty-two wisdom saving. And
5: Fourteen. Yeah, you got like a
3: nine.
1: So, Frankie and Idafa, the two of you are paralysed with fright. This has Struck you in your heart and you are affected by the frightened uh, status and you are both Completely terrified of this person who has transformed into this nightmarish dark angel uh, in front of you Karen and Flynn, you feel uh, something attempting to uh, overtake you but you both uh, plant your feet and tense your bodies uh, and you manage to, for a moment, feel the fright, but know that it is something that is external to your own emotions mm. and you push through it. And you feel, uh, for a moment, you feel uh, even braver than you would have just a moment ago. But before you two know what you're doing, Frankie and I know you are both sprinting out of the factory <laughs> uh, and away from the source of your fright. For the four of you, I need you to
5: <laughs> yay
1: Do you have a penny here Uh, And to quickly address the elephant in the room, a deep apology from me for the quality of the sound of this episode. My mic file corrupted, so I had to make do with the splash off of the player's mics. Please don't think that I don't value your time as an audience, and I'm genuinely sorry, and I will make sure our standard is higher in the future. Thank you for sticking this far into the episode, I hope the story will make it worthwhile. If you're listening to this on release night, our very own Liz Parker, that's Karen, is going to be participating in another crossover D&D game with other New Zealand podcasters on Twitch tonight. Tune in from 7pm New Zealand time on twitch.tv slash dicey. she's playing a character she's very fond of, and we're all going to be there to cheer her on. Also, The Terrible Adventures of the Janice and Breakfast Parchment Company is going to be doing our very own Twitch livestream on January the 2nd. All our players and a few special guests are going to get together for a one off adventure set in Matt Zemler. Stay tuned or follow our social media for more details. Music credits. Thanks to Aaron Kenny for The Black Cat, DJ Freedom for Street Rhapsody and Today's Plan, CXDY for Fallacy, Future Mono for Lands Unknown, Tabletop Audio for Dark Angel, Bobby Richards for 19th Floor, Nico Staff for Fast and Run, Track Tribe for A Brand New Start. And as always, thank you to Regan McKinnon for the show's theme song. You can interact with us at facebook.com slash podcast. And we also have a Twitter at JBPC podcast where we post show updates and maybe now some facts about famous murders. Maybe Liz? Famous murders? We love hearing from fans. So please feel free to leave us a message or tag us. You can listen to the show at janiceandbrefford.podbean.com as well as on Spotify, Apple, Google and wherever you get your podcasts episode four of who spiked the punch will be out on sunday the 20th of december if you think the arc is done now well you just have to wait and see what happens next once again to our audience all around the world thank you so much for listening time to get back to the show
5: Karen got a 13, Ida got a 4. Frankie got a 5. I got a 10. So the assassin's a holy servant, right? One of the six holy servants. Mm. Awesome. Mm. Terrifying, but awesome.
1: It's combat time. Karen, you're up first.
5: Oh, Karen's up first, okay. Um, Karen actually has uh, four Pieces of electrum on her. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. She does have her necklace still, so. Yeah, you guys um, never take them off, right? Yeah. Really always. Always got the pendants. Um, so she is going to. Now it's a bonus action to take out the weapon, and it's a bonus action to pop rage. So I won't be able to attack know, in this first a, turn. It's a
1: free action to summon your axe. Okay. It becomes a bonus action if you summon and dismiss on the same turn.
5: Right. That's that's it. Okay. So. Um, Karen uh, uh, summons her axe. It glows blue in the dim light and a brighter blue glows from her left hand as uh, an an electrum piece slowly sinks into her skin and uh, uh, blue veins kind of wrap up her arm and uh, she pops rage and she's going to attack. I'm gonna move 25 feet forward and I'm just gonna give her a big whack.
1: She's actually 15 feet from me. I'm
5: going to g- I'm going to run 15 feet and give her a big whack. Okay. Cool. <laughs> that is a
2: 19 plus seven. Very nice.
5: <laughs> so,
1: so you run up to her, you summon your axe, pop rage. Mm. She smiles. She's yeah. like, oh, cool, interesting. Um, and you <gasps> run up to her and you give her a big slash just straight across the front with your magic axe. Mm-hmm. Um, your axe. Uh, sinks into her uh, ink armor. Mm. Um, how much damage she did?
5: So that's a fourteen plus two, a sixteen. Sixteen slashing damage. Very nice.
1: You walk up and you just give her just a straight, like as hard as you have, as you ever remember doing. You just hit her in the chest with the axe, mm. and she takes a step back. Your axe comes out, and the ink. That makes up her armor, like slowly creeps back over the top of the wound. Mm. And it's it's the assassin's turn. And mm. she smiles and she kind of like tilts her head and looks at you funny. And she steps sideways into a shadow cast by the light. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. Sh- oh shit. Oh. And you hear her say, Well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Did you say you were a mini magician?
4: <laughs> yes, you can do this. <laughs> It is now Glenn's turn. Alright, so have I seen her vanish into this thing? The yeah, you cook. saw her step side get... So how far away is Karen from me? That You've moved 15...
5: Fif- yeah, we were about the same... Yeah, because we yeah, so I I'm...
4: gapped it. Um, I'm going to cast Heroism.
5: Oh, what does that do?
4: So I can choose... now. I I can choose two people now, but um, it's Touch, so I have um, to, to wait You can choose yourself as well. Oh, I touch myself. Okay, <laughs> so we get three temporary hit points. Lovely. And we are immune to being frightened. And
5: nice. So you, gain, you gain
1: those temporary HP at the start of each of your turns. Yep. Sure.
4: When oh. so you run up um, and you touch, you,
1: you put your hand over your heart and you touch Karen's shoulder, um, and both of you are momentarily overtaken by a golden light, and you both feel confident uh, about this fight. No. Should, but you do. <laughs> uh, next up is Frankie. Frankie, you are currently frightened. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do?
0: Yes, I think I can do is run away. You can take actions if you
1: want, but you have to use your full movement to run away from
0: Okay, it. so I am going to run away, okay. <laughs> uh, and then my action would be: I want to summon my crossbow and just ready in action for when she reappears to attack. Okay. If I could do that.
1: Awesome. Yeah, so you can, yeah, okay, so you're going to prepare an attack if she appears within your line of sight. Yeah. So you are overtaken by adrenaline as you just sprint as fast as you can away from the thing that is completely terrifying you. You um, make it out of the door and uh, like across about 10 feet of the of the tarmac outside the factory. Above you, you can see a lot of people looking like it, down the balcony, but you, you summoned your crossbow before you made it yeah, out yeah. there. Right, yeah. You did not do it in front of them, but yeah. you're holding the red crossbow and you're just sprinting out. Uh, next up is Idapha. Idapha, this has affected you in a way that is stronger than you would have thought. You kind of considered yourself to be like a brave hero and this Mm. is just pants pissingly (laughs) tearing This woman who you were attracted to just a moment ago has struck you with a fear that you don't understand as you run as fast as you can uh, just in front of Frankie. uh, Would you like to do anything with your turn other than just flee?
3: Um, cower? (laughs) But then I look up and I see the people on the balcony and I think oh my god, I look like such a fucking coward. But I, I can't help it, like I'm just so terrified.
1: From their point of view, you, um, <laughs> you, all four of you ran in and then a few seconds later, the two of you ran back out again as fast as you can. Alright, back to the top, it is Karen's turn
2: again.
5: Okay, so this, this lady has vanished into the shadows and Karen is going to back up so she is standing over Barb who's presumably just kind of lying on the floor like ah, and she says we don't have to do this assassin we can talk it out still it's not too late and she's listening to see if she can hear any laughter or chuckles or will there be a shadow kind of within hitting distance that she can kind of swipe at where she, dis-
1: where she initially disappeared from was like Five feet. Like she just moved one, mm. like a couple of steps from where you first hit her. It disappeared into that shadow. You could probably attack that area if you wanted to.
5: Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that, and uh, I will lose another piece of electron because I'm con- I'm keeping rage up. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yep. Just so you know, uh, you are not visible to the people on the
5: balcony where yep. you are right
1: now. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're in the factory.
5: Yes. So my weapon is out, and it's all good. Nobody knows that I am magical. Oh, that's an 18 plus 7 to attack. <laughs> Unfortunately there's nobody there. I didn't think there would be. <laughs> so you,
1: you swing it where she, where you last saw her and mm. your axe just passes through the air mm. and, um, and you are fairly certain that she has some kind of movement, uh, shadow movement. Yes.
5: So I'm listening for any kind of laughter, um, if she thinks that it's funny that I've just kind of swiped at the air, yeah. um, <laughs> trying to, trying to kind of pin down where she is. Can I roll, like, Perception, or...? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, I'm about, I'm about to do her turn next, so you can just react to that if you want.
5: You know what, that's oh, You know it. what, roll me a Perception
1: okay. check anyway. You know.
5: That is 21. Cool.
1: Um, yeah, so the Assassin's turn is next. Um, she does giggle, kind of childishly. She's like, <laughs> uh, as she appears behind you. Mm. A different shadow, like an unconnected shadow. The area that you're in is fairly like, It's only night lit, so there's a couple of sort of like safety lights on so people don't bump into the machinery. But there's like areas of light and areas of dark, and she pops out at a different space. And she says, My, my, how impressive! Magic and glowing weapons, and let's see. Um, And she uh, holds her hand out, and her fingernails release um, a series of like flechette darts. Um, As she flings a cloud of small, razor sharp darts, at you Karen, I need you to make a DC 14 dexterity
5: save. She is very cool. Okay, dex save. was just like an Roll high! Roll high! <laughs> I'm whispering at my dice to roll high because I have a plus zero to dex. Mmm, that's a four. <laughs> Yikes.
1: Mm-hmm. You take three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nineteen, and you 13 points of piercing damage.
5: Is that half? You're raging. I'm raging.
1: Yeah, so it is. Oh,
5: so thank God thirteen, Lord. 13. Mm-hmm. down to six. Down to six down to okay, six, six points of piercing
1: damage. Lovely. As these like tiny razor sharp darts just like sink into your back by your shoulders. Mm.
5: And you're like, ooh, acupuncture. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch, that hurts a lot. Um, but I will kind of spin to look at her.
1: Um, and as a bonus action. She doesn't turn invisible, but she does disappear from where she is and reappear in shadow a little further away. Mm. Um, so that she now has a line of sight on Frankie and I who her right away. So she can see out the door of the factory, but she's still within the covered area where okay. the crowd can't see her. Um, but she's now visible. Flynn, you're up. Mm.
4: Um, so who is she closest to?
1: Uh, at the moment she's probably about 30 feet back from where you two are and probably she, she's the corner where like you guys are thirty feet back within the factory and then thirty feet out the door is where Flynn and Frankie
4: are. And how much of the factory floor we are is in shadows like. Oh, so I'm gonna do two things. Cool. I'm going to cast my Bardic Inspo as a bonus action. So I'm gonna cast it for Frankie. Cool. Bardic um, inspiration. Yeah. So you get um uh a... how, how do you inspire him? Oh, so I'm like I kind of look around like a little bit panicked like And I'm like, got Karen's back, who next? And I'm like, Frankie! She's magic as fuck, but you got this! (laughs) Wow, (laughs) inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) You got this bud, kick her ass. Um, And I'm like, like like aggressive thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah, and so you get uh, 1d6 to add um, to one, one ability check. Attack roll or saving throw, and this can be added after seeing the roll but not before knowing the thanks sweet! That's all right. And I'm also going to reach into the bag of holding and bring out um, a torch and light it.
1: Nice, okay, so there is now uh, 30 feet of light uh, around you. The shadows within 30 feet of you are now uh, illuminated. Okay. Very nice, a good move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, Uh, next up is Frankie. I want you to roll a wisdom saving throw.
0: That is a six.
1: You can add the of Inspiration back it if you want to. I hope so.
0: That is a nine.
1: You're still twice and unfortunately Uh I was looking for a 12. But she's within your line of slight now. So take that shot and then I'll let you um, have your turn. (laughs)
0: That is... A six.
1: You fire blindly behind you, um, and you're fairly sure you didn't hit her. Um, And now you're running uh, towards the road, or you can run to the building if you want, but you just have to run away from her. Uh, The most direct line away from her is towards the street. Okay,
0: and how far away is.
1: She's 30 feet from you now, Um, and so you can detect your action before you move if you want.
0: Okay, cool, because I want to because I wanted to cast a spell. Very yeah, useful
1: one. Well remember, your spells are invention-based. Okay, not uh, no, yeah, that's right, that's right. It doesn't, doesn't look like
0: to... I'm casting a spell, just making wonders. Okay, so the spell I want to cast, as I sneakily pull out an electrum out of my shoe, <laughs> is Fairy Fire cool. on her, so that she won't be able to go invisible if it works. So is that like a grenade that you throw? Yeah, <laughs> so, because, the lectern's kind of blue, and my thingy is blue. I want to, like, just, like, sort of crush it on a rock, and I spit on it. Uh, and then I'm like, you love it, uh, overhead. And then when it, like, hits, somehow it, like, explodes, and it's, like, fairy, well, like, bluey sort of dust everywhere, and everything's just all bluey on fire. Ooh. He hasn't quite worked out exactly how it works, but, um, (laughs) you know, prototypes have proven effective. Okay, so she has to fail a dexterity saving throw. So just give me a second.
2: Yeah, she fails a dexterity saving throw. Nice! So you
1: throw your grenade behind you, and she kind of like tilts her head and and watches it as it comes close, Um, because she's like, that's not gonna hit me. Um, (laughs) But it hits the ground sort of like near her, and just explodes in this like blue powder puff. (laughs) And and when 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 the puff clears, um, she's now covered in like this glowing blue dust, <gasps> um, which makes it impossible for her to turn invisible.
4: Nice. Yes.
5: yes. yes. And then
4: Bricky's like, <laughs> um, and, and he runs <laughs> away. <laughs>
1: and gets out of and there. then you like bolt towards the street. <laughs> I love it. I it is now your turn.
3: I don't think I can do much, can I?
1: I don't I know, but you can still take actions. There are people okay. watching you, so spells might be um, out of the question depending on what you want to do.
3: Okay. Um, there's kind of nowhere that will hide I, unless I went back in the factory, which I can't. There's nowhere that I can hide from people on the balcony, right? Like, there's no other.
1: Um, if you just keep running towards the, like, if you keep running towards the street with Frankie, um, you will eventually end up out of the of sight. Okay. So you run, run an extra thirty feet. Would you like to do anything else?
3: Just catch up with Frankie. Be like, dude. <laughs>
1: okay.
3: Um, Go get your, your girlfriend. Your
1: heart is pounding, and you, could, you could, feel it, in your brain and your brain, vision is blurring. Uh, and in your, uh, you're starting to experience hallucinations, and you can hear a female voice and your dad's voice. Um, the female voice is saying, It's okay, my dad. It's all right. And then you can hear your dad say, Hey, Jeff, you okay? Mm-hmm. And then you can hear the female voice say, You're going to be fine, little one. It's okay. And then you can hear your dad say, Son, it's okay. Come back to me. And these voices are mixing and melding and saying the same thing. and splitting from each other and there's you are just so scared of what's happening right now.
3: I feel like Ida would be like running towards Frankie going like Frankie and then just fall. Because <laughs> I'm just no. super
1: overwhelmed. If you have moved your full big feet and you fell as you reached the road. Yeah. Frankie would be, be
3: holding worried, like a okay. I'm scared too. <laughs> Meanwhile I've got like spiral fires.
5: Karen? Uh Karen is um, keeping up rage. With Fairy Fire, I get advantage on attack roll. Yes, that's right. Yes, And she
1: can't turn invisible. And she can't
5: can't turn invisible. So I'm going to rush her and try and attack again with the Great Axe. Cool.
1: Go ahead, run your full movement up to her and you're going to give her a...
5: Big Slash. Um, That is a 24 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Yeah, it sure do hit. And a 1d12 plus 5 plus another 2. That's fourteen uh, slashing damage.
1: She's less amused this time. <laughs> as we, like hit her in the thigh, um, which is like you know, it being like sexy demon armor is like part of the body that's exposed. <laughs> she's wearing a bikini, guys. <laughs> it's sort of in the shape of like garters as it goes down her thigh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At the side um, of her thigh, she's less amused this time um, as she uh, kind of looks at you. She's kind of confused. You are not what she was expecting. Um, she was expecting a victim, and you are not proving to be that. <laughs> um, she is going to spread her wings, mm. and fly up into the air.
2: Mm. And you
1: can take a uh,
5: attack of opportunity. Attack of opportunity, absolutely, I would like to. That's still an advantage? Yep. 22. Yeah, cool, you hit hitting her again. Yep, fantastic. Um, oh, exactly the same. Nice. 14 to 14 slashing damage. She growls
1: like demonically at you. Ooh! Um, but then her growl kind of like peters off into a girl. She's like,
2: <laughs>
1: uh, As she flies up into the air um, and sort of like with it, she's halfway between you and Flynn, sort of mm. like up towards the... The ceiling of the, it's not really rough just because it's a factory, just sort of like up mm. into the gap of the roof. Um, and she's going to um, clap her hands and a dark sphere of energy, like, blasts out. Um, and you you and Flynn both feel the same uh, momentary fear overtake you, but because of Flynn's heroism, um, you are both immune to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and she realises that she has no effect on you, um, and she growls and she starts to fly towards the door of the factory.
5: Karen yells her. Don't let her get away. The guards are coming. We've got to keep her here.
4: Uh, yeah, Flynn, you're up. So I'm going to cast Thunderwave at her, so she's flying, I assume, like, kind of past me, or...? Yeah, isn't Thunderwave mm. kind of seated on yourself? I think it's kind of a close-range it's, spell. Uh, so it's a 15-foot cube originating from you. Yeah, she's not within that range. Okay, sh-
1: she's up in the air, she's probably about maybe 15 feet up and still back from you, she's not directly above
4: you. Mm, okay. Can I move closer so she's within a 10-foot range?
1: You could run, if you if you run so that you're standing directly under her, then yeah, you can you can, you
4: can hit her with that. Okay, yep, I'll do that. So, so you're right. 10 feet towards Karen. Karen's just out, oh, Karen's within that range. That's okay. But if I, I can point it up. It's a
1: cube centering on yourself, so okay. if you run directly under her, you can hit her with it, but you'll also hit Karen.
5: That's fine, I've got um. i have got resistance. good constitution. Yeah, yeah. Oh. okay. I've got good con, uh-huh. I've got...
4: Has she got good con though? Oh, we'll find okay, out. Okay, so how we'll do you activate it. the thunder wave? So, I'm gonna do it as a clap. Like a, Cool, so you <laughs> run so that
1: you kind of directly under her, you do like a skid on your knees and you do a <laughs> knee slide, and then you just like clap your hands, yeah. um, and a burst of energy, and there, there was a piece of electron in your hands as you clap and it, it shatters yes. and it just goes in every direction. Um, what is the saving
4: throw for that? Um, she must make a con saving throw, um, and on a failed save, she takes 2d8 thunder damage and on a successful save she takes half of that as much damage.
5: So that was a, sorry, a con save right? What yeah. You
1: what's your um, spell saving throw?
4: Uh, my spell DC is 13. Yeah. Cool. Um, she meets that, she got
1: 14. Ooh,
5: meets oh, beats. Uh, I got a 16, okay. so that takes half. But then I also have resistance. So does it mean I take a quarter, or does it not stack? Oh, I'll let it stack. Okay. Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> you're, you're a bear you're a beer totem. Bear totem, yeah. Yeah. So you can take a quarter damage. So. Uh, mm. does, does the pushback not work if they succeed?
4: So if they succeed, they take half damage. Cool. Roll the damage.
5: Sorry, okay Oh, you're fine. That's three. Three
4: plus what? Three plus three.
5: So six, so three, so I only take one damage. Yeah,
1: and she
4: takes three. Okay, right, roll again. A two, so five.
5: So she takes uh, four four damage, Karen takes two. Yeah, Karen staggers back a bit. Um, and she is
1: so very curious now. She's looking, looking down at you guys and like you, you resisted her uh, fear magic and you're heading her back with strong attacks and she's... She's like, Karen, you kind of get the feeling that she's having a great time.
5: Mm. Oh no. <laughs> uh,
1: she's still glowing blue, so she can't turn invisible, but she's going to flint. Uh, her um, ink armor extends into a sword, uh, and she's just gonna drop out of the air and, um, and try and uh, hit you with her big sword.
5: And you're gonna have to make a concentration save as well.
1: Yeah, on heroism. Okay, so she's going to attack you with her big sword. Big sword.
4: My big sword. Ah, uh, that's a 15 to hit. Does that hit you? I've got my armor class as 15.
1: Yeah, means beats, so she does hit you. So she just drops out of the air, falls 15 feet, and slashes you with this sword made of this, like, inky armor that she's got on. So it's going to be a d8 plus 2. That is... 6 slashing damage, as she comes down and hits you with her sword, and you need to roll a constitution saving
4: throw so you can maintain concentration on heroism. Cool. Do I get, um, hit, Oh, 19. Plus two, and, uh, unnatural 21. Yeah, nice, yeah, that, that's fine, you maintain concentration. <laughs>
5: Oh, I'm so glad we're both still immune to being frightened. That's really, really good. It's a really good move.
0: <laughs> okay, Frankie,
5: you're up. Uh, Romeo was a wisdom saving uh,
0: That's an eight. You're
1: still, you're still shit scared. Oh, uh, you're at the street now, so you can just start running down the street. Do you want to go left or right?
0: I'd like to run, probably towards the, the direction of potentially the, like the nearest guard station.
1: Mm. Sure. Um, yeah, go. You, you turn left and you start basically like, you hit the road and you just turn and you just keep running.
0: <laughs> um, is there anything else you'd like to do? No. Okay. Not at this point.
1: Um, at this point you start to leave, uh, Ibiza behind a little bit. Uh, Ibatha, it's your turn. Um. You, you are, you're having a lot of trouble dealing with this, um, and you stumble blindly out onto the road and you keep running. Um, and you can still hear these voices, you can still hear this soft female voice trying to tell you that it's gonna be all right and you can still hear your, your dad um, from somewhere behind you um, calling you champ and you know, telling you it's gonna be okay. And you basically run like out onto the streets and just into the parking lot across the, across the road from the, what, what's over the street from Jason Bridges parking company? What, what are the what's across the road?
4: I'd say it's a business district, right? So there'd be more like maybe another type of factory or like some shops.
5: Yeah, there'd be there'd be like a little... Um... How
4: about a pet
1: food processing?
5: Ooh, pet food processing. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. sounds good. And then also there's like this really dodgy little cafe that's near it. Yeah. That everybody's like, don't know about that one, but you all still go because it's really cheap and it's right next to yeah. your work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you run like sort of past the main entrance of this pet food processing place and like, you just hop the fence. Like you, you barely have to think about it. You're just like running to the fence and you just climb it and you're just over and you're falling and stumbling um, into the park that is that, that backs onto that fence um, and you just keep running. Uh, back to Karen.
5: Okay, um, Karen has got one electrum left, but this lady is down again, right? She's 15 feet
1: from you right where uh, Flimbar is.
5: Right where Flimbar is. I'm just going to, I'm actually going to try to I'm sorry, I'm gonna bring in grapple rules. I'm gonna try and hold her. Cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have advantage, because she's still affected by fairy fire.
5: Lovely. Um, so with grapple, it's just straight, it's, a, it's, a, it's strength, right? Yep. So that would be a plus five for me.
1: Roll versus her, so she's gonna make a contesting strength, right?
5: Yep. Yeah. Uh, 23.
1: Cool, the assassin roll the natural
5: one. <laughs> so she is grappled. Yeah, cool, you've got her. you got her tight. As she does that, because she's doing that instead of attacking, the battle axe kind of disappears and rage drops.
1: Cool. So you're going to maintain, you're going to hold on to your last um, Electrum for later? Yes. Cool.
5: So now she doesn't have any of the resistances, um, but she is, she's got. This lady, and would you say that she's prone because she rolled an natural one? She no, she's she's standing. Like you've okay. got her
1: you've got her real good. Okay, and she's standing next to where Flint is, mm. um, and you've you've got her.
5: I'm hold, I've got. I'm trying to. I'm trying to hold onto her wrists yeah. so she can't cast stuff. She's. I got her. What, 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 I uh, got her.
1: The assassin's turn. She looks down at you, holding her, pinning her arms to her side. Mm. She's like. Oh, Karen, you must give me a call sometime. (laughs) She's going to stomp out the torch. She's going to use her (gasps) foot to like stand on the edge of the torch. You would have had to drop it in order to cast a spell. Um, So she's going to like basically rub her foot into the into the fire of the torch, putting out the torch. And then she's going to use shadow step to teleport to another shadow. So you are holding her, and then suddenly your your grip uh, loosens, and she's gone, and she's standing over by Barb.
4: Mm. We can still see her though, because she's still
1: Yeah, there. can yes. still see her, um, and she's going to bring up her sword and she's going to attack Barb. <gasps> um, she's going she's attempting to kill Barb. Oh god. Do I care? I don't know i care.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but she brings down her sword and just like stabs it into Barb's um <gasps> oh, Not through her spine, but like through kind of where her kidney is, oh. uh, and just straight down into Bob. <laughs> and she's going to start cackling. and as she's kind of standing there she's gonna like twist the sword a little bit and Bob like passes out. Bob is, uh, for all intents and purposes, completely unconscious Mm -hmm. Um, and she's going to start um, laughing and cackling and then from the ceiling you see a flash of movement. Oh! A pink and brown uh, flash jumps down from the ceiling and Friskin long claws, yeah. oh, oh, cat claws down, and slashes at the assassin completely out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and so Friskin does
0: two d six
1: damage, and Friskin comes down and just like double slashes with his uh, just purely with his cat claws, and you like have no idea how he got up there. <laughs> And he does, um, so he does a slash, and then he does a cool backflip, and just like does like a tuck roll backflip, um, landing on his feet uh, with his with his hands out, taking a martial arts stance. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the assassin's like really confused, and she like for a moment she smiles and she says, "Oh, hello, kitty. Are you having fun spying on me?" Oh. Friskin is standing at the ready. Uh, Flynn, it's your
4: turn. Yeah, kitty kitty.
1: How far away is. 15 feet from you, and Friskin's probably about 10 feet from you standing in front of her. I'm suddenly really
5: nervous. Is anyone else like feeling like. Oh, this is exciting! This is really fun! This is really exciting!
4: What is the name of that, the god to the portal that we. Found in
5: the warehouse. Oh, um. Beebly, beebly boobly. His name was Lord
4: Quisifistus. Quisifistus, that was
5: it. Lord Physiquistus. Quisifistus.
4: Alright, so I'm gonna summon my sword finally, Um, And I'm gonna run towards her and I'm gonna be like, one of the six, hey? Do you happen to know Lord Physifistus? <laughs> I can't fucking say his name. Quisifistus. Quisifistus. Do you happen to know Lord Physiquiscus? And don't you wonder why we've got all these cool gears? Like this one. And then I like um, aim at her torso because she's quite tall. Yeah, cool. Uh, roll me attack roll. It's now canon that Flynn and I can't say that guy's name. <laughs> Do I have advantage on her? Because she's got Fairy, fairy fire power. So that when I roll again? Yeah. Like,
5: good, good. <laughs> That's a <amazing. laughs> Is that worse? I got a three. Yes. Mate.
1: <laughs> she uses of her sword to block your sword and it kind of pushes it away. And <laughs> she's back to being confident and she says, darling, I have absolutely no idea of what you're talking about. Hiss of this. Okay. <laughs> right. Frankie, run me and what's the danger?
5: Come on, Frankie. Frankie.
0: <laughs> that is a 10. <laughs> plus anything? That is the plus. Oh no I'm
1: still looking for a twelve, so you are continue- you are just like forest gumping it down the street. Gumping <laughs> it towards a, a guard station. And as you're running, you run another thirty feet, um you can hear the sounds of uh, a cart um, <laughs> somewhere up the road heading towards you. Uh,
0: uh, and I'm just as I'm running I would just be like screaming like help guards murder scared help as just running down the street hopefully getting some attention from somebody like that. prefer you sprint through
1: this park trying and get away from these voices. You can hear something kind of behind you where the, where you jump to the fence, um, kind of like you can hear like a strange like like fists banging on wood as you run out uh, through the park and you end up on another like another street, like a very dark um, alleyway. Um, and you, you trip and fall on a fence, um, and you can hear footsteps approaching you. Karen.
5: Uh, oh my God. <laughs> you, you're you really putting Ida for through the ringer. Um, where is the Countess in, I mean, I suppose the assassin, where is the assassin in she's, relation to Barb? She's standing over Barb. Okay, or. Barb is bleeding. Yeah, I, I wanna get to her. I wanna, um. Barbarians are really good at doing big hit, And then when I want to do something that's not big hit, they're like, "Mm."
1: (laughs) (laughs) hmm. You're still, you're really good at roleplay.
5: That is true. Okay, uh, Karen's going to hold out her hands and say, we're all, okay, this is, this has all been very exciting. We've all had a little bit of fun. Uh, You said you were one of the six holy servants. Uh, Can you tell me more? I didn't think there was anything holy left in the world. Cool.
1: Roll me a persuasion check.
5: Ooh. Oh. That was a two on the dice, so that's a six.
1: Yeah. It's the assassin are you gonna make any attack actions or anything else with your turn that persuasion check was like your go?
5: And she's gonna say, and if you won't tell me anything, uh That means you're a wuss. That means you're a that means you're a fucking wimp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me or you suck. <laughs> tell me or you're lame. Uh my, my kids told me that word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that was a really bad roll. So I guess she's just gonna um, ready herself so she can do a, a reaction if an attack comes at her next. Cool.
1: Okay, so you going yep. to prepare yourself for an attack. Yes. Okay, it's the assassin's turn. She is going to like look down at Bob, um, look at, like kind of shrewdly at the tabaxi janitor who was standing, ready to fight with his claws extended. Uh, She looks over at Flynn, and she looks at you, Karen, and she says, this just stopped being fun questions. Uh, (laughs) Ah! I thought you had more. Um, And she's going to uh, vanish from (sighs) where she's standing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can hear uh, healed footsteps behind you, Mm. and you turn and you look. As she is now like walking out the door of the factory, you hear the noise of people uh, screaming as she comes into view from the balcony. Mm. Uh, you can't see this, but the footsteps stop and there's a small whoosh, uh, and you can assume that she's taken flight. And then you hear the noise of a of a clap um, and that like weird like zhuzhing noise of her like fright mechanic. Mm. And you hear everyone that was standing on the balcony screaming mm. and like. Suddenly, um, you can hear a lot of footsteps, and then you get the idea. You didn't see it. Mm. You get the idea that she went outside and used her fear on um, the people who were on the balcony trying to like get a get a view. Ah,
5: uh, damn it! Okay. One.
1: What are you gonna do? Oh, it's oh she... actually, sorry. Before I do that, after I just say four, about <laughs> she failed.
5: She... <laughs> Bye, Beth.
4: What are you going to do? Do I know where she's gone? Is she very far from me? She's, she's flying. She
1: teleported to the door of the factory um, and then she walked out and you heard some sounds kind of
4: indicating what she was doing but you now don't have eyes on her anymore. Okay. Why couldn't she have stayed close to me? You can run out so you can find her. Yeah, but she's flying. Yeah, so I'm going to run out to the door um, of the factory and like look out to see if I can see Idafer. Call me perception
1: check. <laughs> 14. Uh, no, you don't see Frankie. You don't see Adifer. You don't see the uh, the assassin and the people who are leaning over the balcony are no longer
4: doing so. <laughs> okay, I'm going to pull another torch out of my bag of holding then um, and light that. Okay, cool. You are now surrounded
1: by an aura of 30 feet of light. Frankie, was the same, thing? Yeah, Come on. It's still seven. Oh, you um, just tearing up the street as you see <laughs> a cart full of guards and a few uh, warforged uh, past you, heading back the other way towards the um, towards the James and River department company. Right. Idafer.
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs> you see there's fate behind me, right? Yeah.
1: You are now full on hallucinating. You can mm-hmm. see um, kind eyes looking at you as you're lying on the ground. um, You can still hear that banging of fists on wood. You feel sick. Mm -hmm. You're so scared that you are trembling and shaking and crying and curling up into a little ball. Um, And right before you sort of like completely lose grip on reality, you feel a couple of hands sort of grab you by the wrists.
5: Uh, Karen, what are you doing? Karen has run over to Barb. And she is trying to, she's she's ripped off her little cardigan, and she's holding it to the wound. Okay. And I guess I would make a medicine check. Yeah,
0: make a medicine check. Yeah. Oh yeah, could have help Barb?
5: Yeah, she's she's desperately trying to uh, stop Barb from dying. Yeah. That is a 17. Uh,
1: yeah, okay, so Barb's bleeding out. She's mm. got a big sword wound, like, through her kidneys, mm. and she will very likely die Mm. uh, very soon if something is not done.
5: Karen's just gonna start calling for help. Okay. Um, She's gonna start saying, help, help me, she's dying.
1: Bob, very weakly, like reaches her hand out and like touches your foot, knee, just whatever Mm. is nearby and kind of like is squeezing it. Like you can tell that she's in a lot of pain mm. um, and she's like crying and spluttering and she she's gonna die really soon. Yep. Nothing is done. The assassin uh, appears to be gone. Mm-hmm. She's not gonna have a turn. She mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be doing anything. Flint, you can hear a giggling sort of like in the air. It's getting further and further away. You get the feeling that she got bored and now she's just left. Okay. So I'm gonna roll a death save for Barb. Uh She failed. Um, Wasn't
5: she stabilized? No. no do you um do i do do i give her advantage or anything because i'm trying to help or is that i don't think you can in the death save
1: um she basically if she fails three times she dies yeah she succeeds three times she lives yeah Um, and if someone uses healing magic on her that
0: stabilizes her Uh, if only the party healer one of them wasn't running away
5: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you can hear um, karen calling for help Back yeah,
4: so I can hear her like, so he's kind of standing on the doorway with his, his torch bent and then like one hand in his bag of holding, looking a little bit disappointed like listening to her and then listening to Karen kind of like looking between and then I'm going to like gap it to Karen and heal Bob. You like look
1: around, you're like kind of still running the intensity of combat mm-hmm. um, and you realise that like no, this is done, she's gone um, and so you run back into the factory and you kneel down next to Karen um, and you're going to use what heal wounds?
4: Cure wound, yeah.
1: Do you have a trim for that? Yes. Cool. Okay, go ahead and roll me. Um, roll me healing. I think that's D eight plus whatever your modifier is. Cha cha cha.
4: I can use this as a um, second spot if I wanted to, but I'll just do. I'll just do um, first.
5: I mean, Frisken is there, but
4: yeah. But he's still like that.
1: He's just kind of like, he's just kind of watching you. Yeah. He's no longer in combat stance. He's
4: just kind of like looking. He doesn't seem to be doing anything to help. Mm. Okay. In. so I lay my hands in the litrum over here and I'm like, Sigh. I guess you kind of deserve this. <laughs> like um, healer as much as I can. Cool. So um, a
1: golden uh, warm light um, extends down your hands and into Barb. Uh, Karen, you can feel the wound that you're putting pressure on just mm. close up. Um, And she is now stabilised and she (gasps) takes a deep intake of breath and rolls over and there's like panting and like looks at the two of you and she says, how did you
5: do that?
4: Shush, lie still.
5: Karen holds her hand and gently kind of pushes her back down. She says, just lie still. It's going to be all over soon. Okay.
1: Um, I'm going to skip ahead a couple of minutes. Frankie, you've run as far as you can, and you've like pantedly, you know, pantingly managed to jog back to the entrance of the factory. Um, What you see is a bunch of guards standing around talking to Karen and Flynn. What did you tell the guards?
5: Karen is a very lawful character, and even though Barb is like her best buddy, she did kill like two dudes. But also, um, Fabian was on the balcony, so I think she's going to say. I'm, I think you. I, I need to calm down before I can take a statement. Uh, I. I think the person you should talk to first is uh, is, is is Fabian. Uh, he's he's a journalist. He's been uh, he's been writing everything down. I th- I think, and I, I think you should talk to him first. And she's kind of like holding Barb up and um, just saying, everything's going to be all right. I'm going to make sure you get to see your daughter. Um,
1: So Frankie, you walk into the factory um, and the scene that you can see is uh, the guards kind of like handcuffing her. Mm. Um, Janison Briffords Jr. is down there as well talking to one of the guards. The Warforged are trying to lead her away but Karen's like having trouble letting her go. Flynn is just sitting panting with his like you just sitting up against one of the machines just sitting on the floor um, Everyone looks really upset and you feel kind of embarrassed that you weren't able to help.
0: Yeah of um, knowing. <laughs> <That was>
5: <laughs> oh you Kind
1: of like meet eyes with Karen and you meet eyes with Flynn. Something feels a little off Arthur You come to um, There is something covering your head <gasps> and you can hear a voice Uh, telling you not to struggle. Marvellous, thanks you pretty eyes. You'll make a good harvest. As the three of you are collecting your breath and trying to figure out what the hell just happened to you tonight, uh, Bolo sprints into the factory and he's shaking and he's like... They took Idafer! They took Idafer!
5: Who who took Idafer? Where's he gone?
1: Oh hey, I think they're gone now. At least I think so. I can't see much from up here on the balcony. Anyway, I think my biggest takeaway here is that surprises are overrated, and you should just tell everybody what you have planned all the
2: time. Keep it written down. That's my big wisdom from this whole thing. Thanks for listening!